Former New Democrat Member of Parliament Olivia Chow continues to hold a comfortable lead in the polls as Toronto voters head to the ballot box today to elect a new mayor. The Trudeau government has renamed Ottawa's Sir John A. Macdonald Parkway in favour of a new Indigenous name. Following Premier Danielle Smith's decision to hire arson investigators following an unprecedented wildfire season, the Alberta RCMP announced that it is searching for suspects in relation to grass fires it believes were intentionally set. Hello Canada, it is Monday, June 26th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. And we have got you covered with all the news you need to know. So let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Torontonians head to the ballot box today to elect a new mayor. Former NDP Member of Parliament Olivia Chow has continued to enjoy a significant lead in the latest polls. Much like her late husband and longtime federal NDP leader Jack Layton, Chow is taking a markedly left-of-center approach on the issues on which she's campaigning, things like affordable housing and homelessness, even Toronto's rising crime rates. However, critics have questioned the legitimacy of Chow's fiscal policies, which include tripling the vacant homes tax and implementing a levy on luxury homes. Meanwhile, the race for second place is increasingly close as Anna Bailao, Mark Saunders, and Anthony Fury continue to jostle for the territory. Fury, who is currently on leave as True North's VP for editorial and content, has received a number of high-profile endorsements, including from renowned author and psychologist Jordan Peterson and former Foreign Affairs Minister John Baird. On Saturday, True North's founder and editor-in-chief Candace Malcolm personally endorsed Fury for Toronto's mayoralty after the Toronto Sun editorial board went for Mark Sanders rather than its former longtime national comment editor. Anthony Fury worked for Post Media for 12 years, but uh, even so, the Sun endorsed Saunders, who it claimed would keep citizens safe and prevent property taxes from skyrocketing. Malcolm called the Sun's endorsement of Saunders, quote, shameful, unquote, slamming the paper for failing to support its colleague of over a decade. Polls are open today from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So, Lindsay, obviously this is Toronto, and not everyone lives in Toronto. You and I don't, but it still is a, a bit of an interesting story nationally, I think, because John Tory uh, was quite high profile, ended up going out. Do you think that the fact that Olivia Chow is doing so well is that Toronto is just naturally wanting someone who's that left wing? Or do you think that it's a bit more complicated? I think it's probably a bit more complicated. My view of Toronto is, yes, affordable housing is a problem. And yes, public safety is a problem. And affordable housing is generally has been the domain of the left. And public safety would be the domain of the right, where they have better ideas on how to address that. And I'm not sure which candidate best balances those two things. Maybe none of them do. Um, So maybe we won't see Toronto's problems solved in the end anyway. You know, I've, I've heard Anthony Fury say Toronto is a city in decline. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that's true. 
Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked in other contexts about this crime issue, which is not just a Toronto issue, certainly a national one, but a lot of the stories that we see coming out along this vein do involve people in Toronto, Toronto Transit. Uh, It's become, the the safety issue has just become insanely acute for a lot of people. And I, I wonder if you think this will be a bit of a bellwether in which we see how seriously voters take this issue in Toronto, and perhaps we could extrapolate from that elsewhere. Yes, I think you're right. I've, I've heard people say they don't feel safe taking public transit in Toronto anymore, um, particularly women. Um, they, they see needles in the parks when they take their kids to the playground. So and, and this is, again, yeah, not specific to Toronto. It's Canada-wide. So, yeah, let's see what the most populous city in Canada does in regard to this issue. Let's see how seriously they take it, as you say. And I think we can probably extrapolate that to the rest of Canada. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The National Capital Commission has announced that Ottawa's Sir John A. Macdonald Parkway will be renamed Kichi Zibi Mikan, a move that is being criticized as, quote, another ill-advised act of moral cowardice. NCC board members approved the new name on Thursday. This came after the commission announced its intentions to rename the parkway back in January. The NCC said in a press release, quote, The new name references the Algonquin name for the river, Kichizibi, and the original name for the parkway, the Ottawa River Parkway. It also highlights the importance of the Ottawa River as a great and abundant river that has provided for people's needs for generations, just as it does today. The river has served to build relationships, connect communities, and allow people to relate to one another. The road by the Ottawa River was initially known as the Western Parkway or the Ottawa River Parkway. It was then renamed after Canada's first Prime Minister in 2012 under the Harper government. However, in recent years, activists have called for the parkway's name to be changed due to John A. Macdonald's involvement in the formation of Canada's residential school system. Not everyone is, however, supportive of the name change. Scholar, policy expert, and McDonald Laurier Institute managing director Brian Lee Crowley told True North that the renaming of the Sir John A. McDonald Parkway is, quote, another ill-advised act of moral cowardice by people ashamed by the history of this fine country and ashamed of the name of the man who, more than any other single individual, is responsible for the fact that Canada exists at all as an exemplary modern liberal democracy. Andrew, what do you make of this renaming of the Sir John A. Macdonald Parkway, uh, another instance of the name of the first prime minister being erased? It's sadly not surprising, although that doesn't mean it's any less unfortunate for a couple of reasons. The first and foremost is that John A. Macdonald has been maligned quite unfairly for anyone familiar with history. And I, I was talking about this a bit on my show on Friday, and we'll delve into it in a bit more detail on this coming Friday. But the other aspect of this is that when we 
replace things that are very well known and very easy to say with things that are in a language that is not spoken by the vast majority of people in this country uh, that cannot be pronounced by a lot of people. Uh, it may be nice and lofty to honor Indigenous heritage and the Indigenous uh, population in Canada, but we've seen this in British Columbia and elsewhere as well, where there's a name that all of a sudden no one knows how to say. Oh, absolutely. In BC, I'll, I'll pass signs, mostly, I would say, in the city of Vancouver, where, I mean, you just don't know what to make of it. Um, I think there's the, the Library Square in Vancouver just has some sort of name that I wouldn't know how to say. At least with Kichizibi Mikan, you can you can work it out. I'll, I'll kind of defend them in that sense. <laughs> you, you nailed that one better than I did. I, in fairness, look, when you see it phonetically, you can kind of remember it and people will learn over time. But but some of the accents on that that, you know, we see are, are not accents that exist in the English language. So uh, people may look at it and just have no idea unless they're told. So uh, you seem to do it quite well, though. People should listen to your version. The Alberta RCMP is continuing to pursue charges and investigations after Premier Danielle Smith said the province would be hiring arson investigators following an unprecedented wildfire season. Last week, the RCMP responded to reports of multiple grass fires along Highway 9 between Hannah and Youngstown, about two hours east of Red Deer. According to an RCMP news release, police believe the fires were, quote, intentionally set, unquote, and are similar in nature to multiple grass fires that occurred near the area on June 13th. The Hannah RCMP says it is seeking witnesses to the June 21st incident and any potential footage people have on their car dash cams or any other surveillance systems. Earlier this month, Smith announced she would hire arson investigators from outside the province to look into the 175 wildfires which have no known causes. The province said it requires additional support given the high number of active wildfires, especially so early in the season. Fires in Alberta reached a crisis point in early May, just days into the provincial election campaign, and during a time when provincial firefighters are typically undergoing training exercises. The province has already brought in two arson investigators from New Brunswick and two from BC. They will determine if the fires were caused by humans intentionally or not, or by humans in general. The Forestry Crimes Unit last month laid two charges in a suspicious fire. These stemmed from an April 13th incident in which a suspect stole a firework from a local food store and then set it off from a moving vehicle, which ultimately started a grass fire, although it was contained. Uh, Pavel Labukan, a resident of Peace River, was charged with mischief and theft for that and has ongoing court appearances in High Prairie. I think the Danielle Smith's approach here is the right one. You certainly have to investigate it. But what I find interesting, Lindsay, is the lack of inquisition from anyone else. No one else seems all that interested in uh, doing what Alberta is doing right now, even though other provinces have been affected by this. Right. I think a lot of people have just bought into the idea that um, fires are caused by climate change um, because that is the narrative we're, we're hearing and then they don't question it. However, if, you know, for example, there was a very large fire in BC in 2021 in the village of Lytton. The entire village burnt down, or at least over 90% of it. And at the same time, Lytton experienced the highest temperatures ever. I think either in BC or in Canada, it was about 40 degrees Celsius uh, in that town. However, uh, an investigation determined that the fire was human-caused. 
And Lytton announced a few days ago that they're they're suing CN Rail um, because it was perhaps caused by a spark from from a train or, or I don't know what the allegation is. Maybe someone threw something off the train. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just it was determined that it was human caused. And I think a lot of people just repeat, oh, yeah, climate change, climate change without actually looking into the facts that exist. Yeah, and Lytton is another example of what happens when some big thing happens and then all of a sudden no one really talks about it again. I mean, this was a a story that there seemed to be very little interest in following up on. And to be honest, I bet for a lot of listeners, uh, you saying it now is the first time they've heard of it since that all came up initially. And I, I wonder if that's surprising to you or if this is just par for the course. Um, I mean, it is a pretty small town. Maybe that has something to do with it. Rural places are, are overlooked sometimes. Although in BC, I would say wildfires, fires uh, are maybe a bigger issue here than they are out east. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, there were people in New York who were circulating images like shocked that their air was orange from fires that were happening uh, in Canada. But, you know, that's kind of not that uncommon in BC. So maybe there's a disparity there. It's not uncommon to, to smell smog sometimes here, or smell, smell like campfire in the air. That is it for today. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.